Welcome to the Side Hustle to Small Business podcast powered by Hiscox. I'm your host, Sanjay Parikh. Throughout my career, I've had side hustles, some of which have turned into real businesses. But first and foremost, I'm a serial technology entrepreneur. In the creator space, we hear plenty of advice on how to hustle harder and why you can sleep when you're dead. On this show, we ask new questions in hopes of getting new answers. Questions like, how can small businesses work smarter? How do you achieve balance between work and family? How can we redefine success in our businesses so that we don't burn out after year three? Every week, I sit down with business founders at various stages of their side hustle to small business journey. These entrepreneurs are pushing the envelope while keeping their values. Keep listening for conversation, context, and camaraderie. After working as a freelance IT consultant for six years, Larry Duchovny started MyBizGeek in 2013. MyBizGeek provides quality tech support and IT consulting services for businesses in New York City. Here today to talk about what he's learned after nine years in business, how to build confidence when you're starting out, and the importance of balance is Larry Duchovny. Larry, welcome to the show. Hi, Sanjay. Thank you very much for having me. So uh, first off the bat, before I uh, ask you to give us your background a little bit, I'm going to clear up one thing because I know there's at least one listener out there that's wondering, <laughs> any relationship to David Duchovny of the X-Files? No, that's a question I get a lot, but unfortunately, there's no relationship. Man, I was I was hoping you were getting some residuals off the X-Files or something at least, but no. uh, th- them's the breaks. So why don't you tell us a little bit about you and, and your background and how you got to where you are now? Um, sure. So... So my family is originally from Ukraine. Um, my parents moved here to New York maybe 40 years ago. And, you know, um, there's always been an entrepreneurial spirit in the family. Uh, my brother, uh, when he was younger, had a retail beauty supply business in, in Brooklyn. Um, eventually sold that and, you know, has been doing real estate. Uh, he, he's had his own real estate office for a very long time now. In the New York City area, and um, you know myself, uh, I've been a computer geek my whole life. Uh, you know, I got my first computer when I was nine years old, and I I, I like to joke that uh, since that day I haven't gotten up from the computer chair since then. You know, however, however many years has been like over twenty five years. Um, there hasn't been a day that I haven't spent the majority of the day in front of the computer, um, for better or for worse. But, you know, it's, it's always been a passion of mine and, you know, something that I love doing and something that I always like to share with people. Um, you know, so from there, it's been, uh, you know, I was, I was always a tinker, uh, always a computer geek, always involved in the computer scene in New York. And eventually, you know, it became clear to me that people in the business world need high quality computer help. And so, you know, I was a freelancer for a while, uh, worked under some very smart and respectful people uh, in my youth, and then eventually, you know, started my own consulting firm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think we're, we're kindred spirits because I got my first computer, I think, when I was around seven years old. Um, nice. And, and I I think I still have, yeah, I still have that, that first computer as well. (laughs) Um, So not, not only am I a computer geek like you, I'm also a pack rat (laughs) and and save, especially my technology stuff. So I got to ask you your, your brother's beauty salon or not salon shop, 
supply shop. Mm -hmm. Did you work in that shop as well? Did you help him out? Um, yeah, well, you know, um, just based on proximity, I, I've become my brother's de facto IT support over the years. <laughs> so, you know, when, when I was in high school, I used to, I used to do, I used to help him with deliveries to his clients, um, which was actually a, a good, uh, experience because it, it gave it started build you know, the road to building confidence to working with clients, uh, you know, uh, in New York, you know, there's so many different kinds of people, um, to speak to different, so many different kinds of places to visit. And, you know, to, to get that exposure is just really important to build your confidence and ability to interact with people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's really like a lot of times, like that's the number one skill for entrepreneurs is being able to mm -hmm. interact and, and convince people and sell to people. A lot of people, 100%. a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs try to outsource that and, and really like, mm -hmm. tell a lot of them that the, you're the, as the founder, you're the best salesperson for your organization. So you, you've got to be comfortable with that. Yeah. There's uh, somebody that was uh, a really good salesperson once told me that nobody's going to be more passionate about your service or product than you are. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, okay. So you did deliveries in the beauty supply shop and, and uh, like you, I, I'm also the IT support for not only my family, but extended family as well. Like you go on family vacations and you always get those technical questions, right? So at, at what point in time did you start thinking? So you were doing freelance stuff. When did you think that, hey, um, I need to actually start this as a, as a business and I'm, I'm, I want to do this as a, as a whole thing? Um, so through high school and the beginning of college, um, I was trying to figure out where I wanted to go with my skill set. And, you know, New York City is just a place, uh, abundant in opportunity. So, uh, to, to find your place in this, uh, you know, large machine of a city, uh, it, it's a bit of a struggle in your youth. So, you know, I dabbled in a few different things, you know, do, do I want to pursue my tech, you know, do I want to develop my tech passion into something? Do I want to do it do I want to be the person that eventually gets burnt out and becomes a park ranger or you know do I want to start off uh, with something completely unrelated to tech from the get-go but you know um there's a famous quote that when you do what you love you don't work a day in your life mm -hmm. um so inevitably I ended up you know doing tech anyway because I love it it's my passion and I enjoy every day that I that I work on this sort of thing but in the beginning you know um, I worked with my brother in the beauty supply business. Uh, my father was in uh, real estate. Uh, my brother eventually sold the beauty supply business and went into real estate. And, you know, I worked, I tried to work with him in real estate. Um, you know, the, the, the most, the biggest difficulty I had in real estate is that it's a real dog eat dog kind of industry. And my personality is more like, you know, I know that I am honest and trustworthy and I'm passionate about the service that I can offer. And it, in real estate, you know, it's like you have to be very aggressive sometimes, not, not necessarily like violent or angry, but just like, <laughs> you know, you got to push hard. Um, so I felt a lot more comfortable in, in IT, but yeah. you know, yeah. I, I imagine too, real estate in New York City is is it's a whole different level as well, uh, in terms of how to how aggressive you need to be compared to other cities. 
Yeah, you gotta, you got, you really gotta claw your way up the ladder of respect <laughs> yeah. very quickly. Yeah. So, so because of that, then you were like, okay, I, I'm gonna do my own thing. Um, and so, uh, how did you decide to start this? Like, were, were you by yourself and you were like, hey, I'm just gonna hold, put a shingle out? Did you get a co-founder? Like, how did you figure out that path of really getting started? Um, so the biggest driver of clients uh, then and now has always been word of mouth and referrals. Uh-huh. Um, you know, that uh, that's, um, you know, something I'll go into more detail later. Uh, you know, in New York, it's, it's really hard to stand out in the sea of millions of people as in any large city. But, you know, in New York, it's really you can get lost in the, you know, sea of bodies out there. And voices. So, um, you know, even way back in my college days, I, I had a lot of people recommend me as a, as a good person to speak to for technical questions and technical support. Um, and then eventually, you know, I, I was in, I was involved in a lot of peer groups, uh, not even that I was specifically looking to be part of peer groups, but just out of, you know, passion for like, you know, uh, you know, to get a little technical, uh, there was a Linux users group in Manhattan that, you know, I just became a part of because I became friends with these people just based on our technical backgrounds. And, you know, somebody, somebody was like, you know, I have, um, a client that is my, uh, that is my client that is looking for extra help. So do you, do you want to be part of this group of consultants that work with this very large client? And I was like, yeah, you know, I've been I've been looking to find my way in the tech industry. Like, I'd love to get involved in that. And you know that uh, that was, I believe, when I just turned twenty one. I started working in uh, in Manhattan with uh, actually, you know, this person that became a very good friend and then later my business partner. And uh, that was kind of the springboard for everything that came after that. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, uh, so networking through these groups is kind of how you found your way originally. Um, and so then kind of transitioning has, has it remained to be a word of mouth business for you or are you doing other things to get the word out about the things that you can provide? Um, the, the, the problem, the challenges that we've had is that traditional marketing, you have to put a very large amount of money into it to get enough visibility um, and enough eyeballs on it to have some sort of effect. So, you know, as a small business, sometimes it doesn't make, like, even if you put, you know, a couple of thousand dollars into Google AdWords or Facebook ads or LinkedIn ads or anything like that. Yeah. Unless you have an ad running 24 seven and somebody sees it, you know, sometimes somebody will need to see it 10 times before it's moved from their subconscious into their conscious mind. <laughs> for them to act on it. Um, so you, you run an ad maybe five times over the course of a week, like it's not going to have an effect. Um, so, you know, as a small business, uh, we always try to focus on guerrilla marketing in any way, shape or form that that's possible. So either being part of a peer group, um, you know, trying to, uh, explore the verticals in the tech industry. So, you know, we have uh, wiring companies that we work with. They don't do tech support. They don't want to do tech support. They do low voltage wiring. That's their specialty. They do security cameras. They do door access controllers. But they have, you know, clients all the time. They're like, 
hey, you know, you guys did a great job with wiring. Do you want to do our tech support? Like, no, we don't do that. But, you know, here, speak, speak to our partner. You know, uh, we work with, you know, we dabbled in web development who were just starting out and quickly realized that's also something we don't really do very well. But we have partners now that are great at it because that's all they do. And, you know, they also, once again, will say um, we have a client that's looking for full-time IT support, but we only do web development. And we'll be like, yeah, we're more than glad to help. Um, and we have security companies that work on, you know, security as a service and compliance and all that sort of thing that, again, you know, their focus is security. They don't do IT support. They, they're not structured for that. So, you know, they'll reach out to us. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, so I've got to ask you. So one of the things that mm -hmm. you touched on um, mm -hmm. was confidence. And mm -hmm. one of the things that I think is is critical in your business is conveying that uh, or convincing people to be confident in you. Because the mm -hmm. thing that you're touching in terms of doing IT support is really now the lifeblood of a lot of these companies, right? Like right. if your computers are down, if your internet access is down, like most businesses grind to a halt. At this point, mm -hmm. right? It didn't used to be this way 20, 30 years ago, but now it Absolutely. now it is this way. So how do you convince a prospective client to have confidence mm -hmm. in you as a company, as a group, uh, for them to be able to hire you with with kind of not having to worry about stuff? Or or do you find that clients do worry about stuff and eventually does that go away? This is actually my favorite uh topic to talk about um uh, with anybody, you know, especially prospective clients. Because, um, it, you know, I mean, I have this perspective now going back many years, but, you know, it wasn't clear to me when I was starting out. And that's really, um, I think the core of, of my, of our business growth and my personal growth as a, as a, as a business owner, being able to provide this sort of service is that, um, you know, when you're starting out, especially as a freelancer and especially in a city like New York, uh, the marketplace is extremely intimidating. And you have these confidence issues, you know, you think to yourself, what, you know, who am I to step into this, uh, market, super established marketplace and make some sort of waves in it? You know, um, I don't, I don't have the, you know, I don't have the training. I don't have the background. I don't have the degrees. I don't have the certifications. Um, but what I've learned is that as, Many people, as there are in the world, it's still hard to find somebody that's truly passionate about something, somebody that's truly talented, somebody that's honest, trustworthy, and um, can bring all those things together into a service um, that builds a long-term relationship and you know makes our clients feel comfortable. So. I always compare it with, uh, you know, trying to find a, a doctor in New York City is a similar experience. You know, there, there's a doctor in every corner. You know, you can step into your house and you'll see a, you'll see a sign on the corner of every building for, for doctors. But nonetheless, people still have a hard time finding a doctor that's thorough, trustworthy, honest, and somebody you can depend on, rely on, and feel comfortable with. Um, and you know, there, there are a lot of services out there that allow you to search for doctors in your area, you know, go through reviews, but nonetheless, um, until you 
either have a recommendation from somebody that had a good experience or go through 10 doctors until you find the, the one, it, it's, it's still a difficult experience. Yeah. And, and even if you get a review or a reference for a, a doctor or an IT support group, it's mm -hmm. still about personalities sometimes, right? And mm -hmm. you've got to mesh with it. And just because somebody you know meshes with that person doesn't necessarily mean you're going to. Also 100% true. Yeah. So um, let's let's pivot a little bit. So mm -hmm. your your business, like we talked about, um, is the lifeblood of other businesses mm -hmm. uh, or you're working on the thing. So how do you manage that and and create the separation between work and life and, and create a balance between the two? Because you could be at home af after work mm -hmm. and somebody's computer system goes down and they're going to call you to be like, hey, I need this back up. So how do you sure. deal with that? Um, so there, there are two, uh, there are two facets to this that we try to optimize for, um, for it to make sense for us and for it to make sense for our clients. Uh, one is that, you know, especially what a lot of small businesses, uh, especially small businesses that are going to a, through a growth stage at the moment, um, you know, a lot of people, when they start out, you know, they don't have a lot of, uh, capital or they don't have a lot of time. You know, time, I think, you know, in many cases being the biggest hurdle. Um, you know, they don't have their IT situation optimized and everything figured out to be smooth and redundant and foolproof. Um, so the first thing that we do is try to, you know, we look at it as trying to steer a large ship back onto course slowly but surely. You know, when we come in, we'll say like, you know, as a business owner, you're, you know, the reason that we come in is so that you, you can worry about your business, your expertise, the reason that you're in business, and that you don't have to focus on the IT aspect of it. You know, that's our specialty and something that we've, you know, been dealing with for decades. So, um, the main thing is we will look at all the things that uh, a lot of business owners will think are solid, you know, their servers, their internet connectivity, you know, the devices that they provide for their employees to be able to do their jobs. Um, it's working today. Is it going to work tomorrow morning? You know, nobody can answer that question, but, you know, we have the experience to have the vis visibility to instantly see whether things are stable and solid or not. So if they're not, we make those recommendations and optimizations so that, you know, at the very least, we can say that, you know, from taking, from, taking the situation from, um, being, uh, held together by glue and string to, you know, things are solid enough that you don't have to worry every night whether in the morning things will be operational or not, um, is the very first step. But then the second step is, you know, things inevitably, inevitably go wrong eventually anyway, or, you know, you wouldn't need IT support. Um, and that's just the real world anyway. So, you know, we have a lot of, uh, different, uh, solutions, applications, and monitoring and uh, communications methods to pinpoint specific things that we can be alerted about, you know, not, not to avoid getting alerted for every single little thing, but for the critical, important uh, showstoppers. And then we can take care of them proactively. Yeah. Um, so... Most of our listeners uh, for this podcast, I imagine, are not in New York City, so they're not going to be mm -hmm. able to use your services. What's the one biggest uh, mistake or tip that you would give 
to any of those folks that they should think about in their businesses? Like, you know, exactly kind of what you said there, there, all the stuff is held together with, uh, with tape and string. Um, how do they realize that they're holding everything together with tape and string? Because obviously they don't know this uh, until mm-hmm. you tell them, like, what should they look for? Sure. And also, Sanjay, I just want to mention, uh, it's actually been interesting uh, ever since COVID. You know, a lot of people are working remotely now. So we have we actually have clients that we've never seen in person uh, all over the oh, United wow. States. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah. In Florida, Texas, D.C., um, Chicago, even, and uh, West Coast, you know, all over the place. It, you know, it, before COVID, a lot of our clients, majority of our clients, we would visit in person in New York. But so many people are remote now that, you know, it's a big focus for us as well. Okay. So that definitely um, opens up your pie. And that yeah. leads me to another question in a minute. But first, answer sure. this one. Yeah. Um, and to answer your question, um, from my experience, it's not really easy for a non techie business owner to see for themselves. Um, you know, things seem like they're working. You know, the internet's working today and the computer turned on this morning. Um, <laughs> but there, there's, a, yeah, there's a certain experience that you have to bring. You know, basically, like, uh, you take your car to the mechanic and they're going to stick their head under the hood. And, you know, I, I can, I can see the wear on that little, uh, rubber fitting that I know is something that within the month is going to fail. You know, that's something that just isn't, takes expertise to see. But the biggest, um, the biggest thing that we usually see, um, with a lot of our clients is that, you know, a lot of, uh, business owners and, uh, operations managers, office managers, especially when the company was smaller, they're used to, um, trying to, do IT support themselves before, you know, the company grew to the point where they can outsource it or bring somebody in. So they'll try to, you know, the printer's not working. They'll try to get the printer working. The antennas are not not working. You know, they'll try to start unplugging wires and things like that. And either, you know, it'll be working temporarily, but they maybe set up a time bomb for later. Um, So my biggest advice, you know, and and not even from like, even if I wasn't uh, an IT consultant, like just from, from what I've seen from experience, like not even trying to, to sell an IT service is that, um, when it comes to something that's the, that your business relies on, you know, like the wheels of your car, don't hesitate to bring in an expert, at least in the beginning to set up a strong foundation, um, for your business to operate on. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, okay. So now, now that I realize this, uh, that you've said you've got clients all over the mm-hmm. place, how are you balancing that with your ability to get sleep? Uh, because you know, you've got people that are needing things, then mm-hmm. that just exacerbates that 24 seven problem uh, of when people need stuff. So how are you balancing that with, with that, you know, that requirement, that human requirement of getting sleep? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely an important consideration, you know, with machines that are running 24 seven. Um, but you know, uh, 90% of our clients, uh, are sort of nine to five operational, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that work into the evening hours, but it rarely past seven or 8 PM. So, uh, you know, we guarantee to our clients that we'll be available weekdays from 9 AM to 6 PM. But, you know, we, we try to build uh, strong relationships with our clients. So, you know, somebody emails us with uh, something urgent at 8 PM and I'm just sitting there in front of my computer. Anyway, I'm going to respond. <laughs> Um, but then, you know, like if somebody has an emergency at two in the morning, that's a whole different story, of course. Right. 
Um, but we only have a few clients like that, especially, you know, in healthcare and, um, other similar verticals, uh, where, you know, it's a 24 seven business. But, um, we, like I, like I mentioned earlier, we try to optimize the infrastructure for redundancy and failover as much as possible in those situations where it's that kind of critical infrastructure. So, you know, if the internet goes down, and that's actually something that we recommend to everybody is to have a backup internet connection with automatic failover. So, you know, you can't do anything without your internet connection. You can't check your email. You can't have video calls. You know, some a lot of the internet-based phones now run on the internet lines. So your internet's down. You can't do, you're, you're kind of like a fish out of water. So the most important thing is we recommend backup internet and the hardware associated with that so that it's all automatic. Um, and that alleviates, you know, nine out of 10 issues. Um, and then, you know, if there's a bigger issue than that, we try to make sure that the hardware is redundant as possible, you know, with, uh, redundant, uh, drives, redundant servers, whatever the case may be. And so that already, um, removes 95% of the overnight issues from, you know, the chance of them happening. Um, if they, if they do happen, then, you know, we have, uh, we have arrangements with these clients that require that kind of support where, you know, uh, either they'll have somebody, uh, in the chain of command that will respond first to see if it's even a critical issue or not, because, you know, a lot of times people will panic and go, you know, pick up the red phone to the White House and, <laughs> you know, wake up everybody for no reason. Um, but, you know, we, we have, uh, different ways of communicating. Uh, you know, we, we have Slack channels set up with people that need to communicate with us, uh, faster than email, you know, uh, and, you know, I'm not specifically advocating Slack and you know, a lot of people are on Microsoft Teams or anything like that, uh, something similar to that kind of service. Um, we have ticketing systems with, uh, various alert levels, you know, we have text messaging and, you know, we have priority phone numbers and, so if it comes to that, you know, we'll be available and we'll take care of it. But there's a lot of things that we'll put in front of that to make sure either the issue doesn't even occur or, you know, it gets resolved as based on its, you know, to triage the issue based yeah. on severity. Yeah. I, I think your advice about redundant internet, mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense. It's funny because mm -hmm. just recently I went into a local sandwich shop uh, and I wasn't able to order online there. And I asked the guy, why is the online ordering not working? And he said like, oh, every Saturday our internet goes out, the whole complex, <laughs> everybody's not there. So it should be fine. But every Saturday, and it's been going on for a month and a half. And he's like, I need to call the internet service provider to figure out why. Uh, well, then when I went to go pay, he had to reboot the the payment terminal like twice because the internet was acting up. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, man, you need to get on this because this is really affecting your business, even though you don't realize it. You're, you're running a sandwich shop, but it, this is affecting your business. Support for this podcast comes from Hiscox, committed to helping small businesses protect their dreams since 1901. Quotes and information on customized insurance for specific risks are available at Hiscox.com. Hiscox, the business insurance experts. Let's talk about um, some of the technology or apps or systems that you recommend to your clients. Um, uh -huh. Is there something in particular that's always top of mind for you that you'd recommend that listeners should think about implementing in their own businesses? 
Um, there, there are sort of two things um, that are I, I find to be really important for anybody. Um, you know, th there's a uh, there's not a lot of differentiation between businesses and techies or non-techies these days because everything's so cloud-based and everything's so reliant on technology. Um, so there's a few things that, you know, I do for myself, I do for our business and I recommend for our clients that I think anybody should do. So, you know, the, the, the most important thing is that, um, from a personal time management perspective is that we get, uh, completely bombarded with notifications and information and data. And so data management, uh, time management, project management is absolutely key to stay sane um, for anybody these days. So, <clears throat> and, you know, on top of that, um, to manage your communications with your team in a way that doesn't overwhelm you is also important. So, you know, we use uh, different project management, task management tools ourselves. Um, I don't know if you want any specific recommendations, but sure, there's yeah. a lot of options. Whatever you love. Tell us what you love. Sure. Um, we were using Asana for a little while, but uh, weren't crazy about it. Uh, we just switched to a new product called ClickUp, which they've been doing a lot of marketing recently. Um, but actually, I even switched them before I saw the marketing on every billboard <laughs> in Europe. But, um, but it's actually a really great product. It's helped us to organize a lot of our tasks and uh, inter-team communications. Um, so everybody's on the same page. Um, but the most important thing for us is to offload things from our minds so that like we get the information presented us, presented to us when we need it. And not so that we're sitting there or laying in bed, uh, with insomnia because we can't, uh, you know, we're worrying about all these things we need to do. But like if you put them in the right place with the right automations, then you don't need to worry about these things. It'll, it'll be taken care of by the computer, which is what we're trying to accomplish. Um, and then on top of that, you know, make sure your calendar is set up properly. Um, share your calendar with your team, you know, so that people know what you're up to. You know, people don't have to text you and call you. And again, take your focus away from other things. And, you know, we use uh, Slack or Microsoft Teams to communicate, you know, so that uh, the communications can be there uh, when you're available and not, you know, people calling you, texting your personal number and bombarding you. Uh, and that, you know, make sure everybody's on the same page so people don't panic, you know, when, oh, you know, we have this project due in 30 minutes and I can't find our documentation, I can't find our task list and I can't reach you. It's like, oh my God. So, you know, that leads me into my other point, which is um, the biggest concern for a lot of businesses these days is um, the security uh, uh, standpoint in that, you know, it's become the sort of uh, situation where everybody has to think about computer security because, mm -hmm. you know, everybody's being bombarded. Everybody's seeing scams and fraud and ransomware and hacking. So the important thing, a few, few things that are really important is, you know, have backups of your files. Uh, make sure if you don't have a redundant server with some sort of backup system in place, make sure that you have a cloud service you know, a lot of a lot of things that people don't think about is that your cloud service has no obligation to back up your files and your email. Um, a lot of people don't consider having a backup of their cloud service on, on top of the fact that you have a cloud service. You think it's in the cloud, you know, it's protected, but um, you should have a backup of your cloud service as well. They have no obligation to save you from any 
issues that they may have, or, you know, that you may call that your team may cause vaccinate. Um, and then the number one tip that I recommend for everybody is that a common thing that we see is that people feel like uh, security systems get in their way of doing what they want to do with their computers. So something that we'll see is password reuse is extremely, extremely common. And the problem is that you'll have some website from 10 years ago that you don't use anymore that had the same email address and password combination that you have on every, every, sorry, every single other website that you use now, like including your bank and your main core email service and anything else. And then that website from 10 years ago that you don't use anymore got hacked. And um, now it's public knowledge on the black market what your username and password combination is. And now they're going to go to your every single bank website and email provider and try this combination of username and password. And then inevitably people are like, how did I get hacked? It's like, well, you just kind of gave it to them, you know? <laughs> so biggest recommendation is use some sort of password management program. Like uh, one, we really like uh, one password uh, has really good team sharing and cloud backup features. And there's a whole bunch of other options as well, you know, different levels of, uh, you know, free or paid or team or personal, whatever fits you, fits, you know, your situation the best. But then you have one strong cryptographically strong master password and then everything else you have to think about, which, you know, is another thing you can offload from your mind about something you have to worry about. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I, I am a big fan of telling people to use password managers. It is a great mm -hmm. thing because you only need to then remember one thing and, and everything's mm -hmm. a lot safer. Um, okay. So last question for you. Um, what would you tell somebody that's thinking about taking this leap into their side hustle or starting a small business based on their side hustle or their passion? Mm -hmm. Like, what would you tell them about taking that leap? Sure. That's a great question. And I think, you know, something that was um, really hard to figure out in the beginning and something, you know, that with some perspective, I can, I can feel confident about giving a little, a little bit of advice. You know, I don't want to preach because, you know, nobody, ever figures this sort of thing out a hundred percent. But um, the biggest problem that I had, you know, is feeling uh, confident in the value that I'm providing And you know, when you work for a large established company, you know, you bring their name with you when you're going into some sort of sales meeting and you say, look, you know, say, for example, uh, we use Hiscox as an example, like, you know, this insurance product, I can guarantee you is going to be solid because it comes from a name like Hiscox, you know. But, um, you know, when you're starting out, especially when you're a lone freelancer, you're like, you know, is my service uh, up to par? Like, why, you know, why can people trust me? Why can people depend on me? And the most important thing is that, um you know, you have to prove to yourself that you believe in your service, your value, and what you can bring to the table before you can uh, sell it to your clients, because that comes across uh, in your in your sales pitch to your clients. Um, you know, they can feel your confidence in yourself and in your service. So the most important thing is, uh, you know, try to, especially when you're starting out and, you know, you have limited time to, to spend on the business development unless, you know, you're in a fortunate situation where you can just dive in. But, um, you know, try to, you know, find some people to 
to sell your product to or your service and see what the feedback is, you know, uh, you know, pitch to friends and family or, you know, if you, if your service is developed far, uh, to the point that, you know, it's something that you can actually, uh, sell as a, as a viable service and take, and, you know, charge money for it. Um, you know, go out there and do it and don't be, don't be afraid to, to take on clients and, uh, see that feedback. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, okay. Uh, last thing from you, where can our listeners find and connect with you if they need your services? Um, we have the website, mybizgeek.com, M-Y-B-I-Z-Geek.com. You know, we have contact information on there, contact form. And then, you know, anybody, if you'd like, uh, feel free to email me at Larry at mybizgeek.com. And then, you know, we have uh, a whole multitude of social media. You can just Google our name and feel free to connect. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for being on the show, Larry. Yeah. Thanks, Sanjay, for the opportunity. It was great speaking with you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Side Hustle to Small Business podcast, powered by Hiscox. To learn more about how Hiscox can help protect your small business through intelligent insurance solutions, visit hiscox.com. That's H-I-S-C-O-X.com. And if you have a story you want to hear on this podcast, please visit hiscox.com slash share your story. I'm your host, Sanjay Parikh. You can find me on Twitter at, at Sanjay, that's S-A-N-J-A-Y, or on my website at sanjayparikh.com. 